0: Politics, life, Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's home remodeler presents Kevin Keatsman has issues online at crosskitchenskc.com. Another day, yet another first for Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and it's been so interesting to see these things pop up where we see all the different statistics of things that players have never done before, records he's broken, quarterback ratings, passing yards, postseason accolades. It's one thing after another. Many of these have been records that since he's only really been playing for six years are through six years. They compare him to Tom Brady in the postseason and regular season through six years and things like that. Those are all well and good. Those are great. I don't think anybody argues what they're watching is historic football. I I think the whole country agrees with that. But on this day, we look at a number that is really astounding and probably the single most important number around Patrick Mahomes that you could possibly have. There's an incredible, I mean, an incredible compliment to Patrick Mahomes in this statistic, but there's also ridiculous um, notice that the Chiefs operating as a football franchise are clicking in every possible phase from coaching, talent acquisition, drafting, cap management, all of these different things. They're doing it all. And they're really doing a, they're schooling the rest of the National Football League. So I love this one. When the Chiefs play next Sunday and Patrick Mahomes starts in this game, He'll be the first quarterback in the history of the salary cap era. That's 30 years. He'll be the first quarterback ever that is the number one cap hit to start in the Super Bowl. So to explain what this is, we'll use a it's not the number because the salary cap is way higher than this, but it's a hundred, let's say it's a hundred million dollars. The Chiefs have a hundred million dollars to spend on the entire roster. Sixteen point eight nine percent of that is Patrick Mahomes. So let's round it to 17%. 17% of the salary cap is Patrick Mahomes. Now, in in real numbers, that's $35, $40 million that the Chiefs don't have to spend because of Patrick Mahomes that the San Francisco 49ers do have to spend. This is absolutely remarkable. There's never been a disparity like this either. The 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, is still on his rookie contract. He's playing for the minimum 889000 against the cap, which is just 0.38% of the team's total. So as you can see, (laughs) Patrick Mahomes is eating up almost 17% more of the Chiefs' salary cap than Brock Purdy is, and he becomes the first quarterback in the history of the salary cap to start a Super Bowl as the number 1 highest salary cap guy in the league. Now, you may be asking yourself, what about last year? What about the Tampa Super Bowl? He signed all these contracts. On most occasions, there's somebody in the offseason with a team that signs a new deal that takes a big bonus up front, and they'll take some sort of a cap hit the first year, or it becomes a bigger piece of that team's salary cap because they've given a big increase to their quarterback, and it's 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 just the first it's the first time they've had to do that, and it will take a bigger percentage up front. So Mahomes at sixteen point eight nine percent only has about a thirty eight million dollar cap hit for the Chiefs uh, against the cap. The rest of it is deferred money. It was bonus money. It was all kinds of fancy bookkeeping and things like that. But this thing isn't even close. Now, there's only been one top five quarterback ever in the salary cap era. That is salary cap hit to his roster. The percentage of money that they take from their team against the cap. There's only been one in the top five ever to win a Super Bowl. So Mahomes was not in the top five last year. He had more money kick in this year because his contract was... Backloaded, and that's Eli Manning. Eli Manning is the and you remember they had great defense. Eli Manning is the only top five salary cap hit quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. So this is astronomical what the Chiefs are doing. I mean, it's it's really quite remarkable. We see teams with young quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, and the Texans had a good year this year. He's only 2.8 percent of their cap. We see this stuff all over the place. But Mahomes is almost 17% of the draft, and that's just a, one of those remarkable numbers. There are remarkable numbers everywhere for the Chiefs. It is statistically, if they win, and I think almost everybody I talk to and, and here now, not just Kansas City people, seem to think the Chiefs are going to win this game, and it's mostly because the Niners' defense just has not been up to the task against good offenses. Uh, the Chiefs have, what, 20 games this year? They've given up under 28 points. So obviously the magic number for the Chiefs is 27, 28 points. If they get there, they should have no trouble winning this Super Bowl. I, I'm worried about Christian McCaffrey. We'll get into this more next week. You know The Chiefs are, have not been great against the run, but they certainly were last week. When you dial up against the run, you can stop it. I'm not sure that's what you want to do against San Francisco because if you do that, they go to their short passing game, which is an extension of their run game, and they can really hurt you. So I, I'm not dismissing San Francisco's offense at all In fact, I think they're probably more complicated to defend, certainly more complicated than Baltimore. I think they're more complicated to defend than Buffalo and Miami, more complicated. And are they as explosive? They can be. They got weapons all over the field. There's no doubt about it. They can beat you in just about every way. They can beat you downfield. They can beat you with crossing patterns. They can beat you with McCaffrey running the ball. The guy scores touchdowns. McCaffrey's going to score a touchdown in this game, but statistically what the Chiefs will have done if they win this game. This is the hardest path ever for any team in the history of the Super Bowl era, 58 times. This will be the hardest path ever for a team to win the Super Bowl. This will be the greatest postseason run in history. They use a stat called DVOA, which is horribly named. The anachronym means nothing to anybody, but it is generally speaking the accepted practice, and they can go back in time, plug in all the numbers from every other team all throughout the history of football, and they use this metric to grade. It's an overall grade of the power and strength and greatness of a football team. And so each year, each team has a DVOA. The Chiefs DVOA this year was five. So statistically speaking, what the Chiefs went through, who they played, what their scores were, all their stats, everything added up, what they did on offense, what they did on defense, factoring in turnovers, it's a great number. The Chiefs were fifth in the NFL. They were fifth, but it's pretty obvious their best game is one because they were fifth because they were so sloppy and stupid all year, committing penalties, dropping passes, not being engaged. They're playing a different brand of football right now since Christmas day. And I think everybody can see that. What they will have done is And the reason this would be the hardest postseason ever is, first and foremost, it's four games they had to go win to win the Super Bowl. That in itself eliminates, that would eliminate the Chiefs of last year. Like the Chiefs' path last year could not have been as hard as this year because the Chiefs had the bye last year. So we're really talking about people that, teams that don't get byes. That, I mean, obviously that doubles your opportunity to lose. Then they did DVOA of opponents the Chiefs have played. They beat number six DVOA at Miami, uh, at Kansas City against Miami. They went to Buffalo and beat number three on the road. They went to Baltimore, beat number one on the road, and now they will play San Francisco, number two, in this metric at a neutral site. And they're saying this is by and large far and away not even close. This will be the most impressive postseason run ever for any team. And the remarkable part is the Chiefs weren't some wild card that pulled this off. They've been to three at the four out of five Super Bowls. They've won two and lost one. They're viewed as right on the cusp of being a dynasty. And if the Chiefs win this game a week from Sunday, this will be a dynasty. It will be remembered as the dynasty of the early Patrick Mahomes years, the Mahomes-Reed era, because Reed will not coach Patrick to the finish line. So the... Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes' era will be remembered as a dynasty if they win this game. But what people may not know is this will be the single most difficult thing to do in the history of the postseason. They will play the toughest schedule. This is all really quite remarkable. The record holder right now for the best postseason, the hardest statistical postseason ever against this DVOAA stat is the 2007 New York Giants. And again, we go back to Eli Manning. So it's really interesting stuff. I'm not giant into the metrics of the statistics and whatnot, but I do believe in them. I believe that you know we have great computers that calculate all this stuff, and we can go back in time, and we can judge who did you beat, how good were your opponents, and that sort of thing. And what they're saying is, and again, it's all relative to how good the league is at the time. Like the Chiefs aren't sitting here having to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. They've, Generally speaking, they've had to beat Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and maybe the hardest statistical seasons ever. If you look at it from a different point of view, this is like, we always talk about Kansas basketball, how they have the toughest schedule in the Big 12 is always baffling to me because they don't have to play Kansas twice. Like, it's a big deal to have to play KU twice. So if you're asking me, you know, maybe but Miami had a harder run. I mean, they went to Kansas City in the first round. Now they didn't play four games, they didn't win a Super Bowl. And this is going to be about, getting the job done. So it's in retrospect, looking back, who did you beat when you won the Super Bowl? That's the number we're talking about. But let's be honest, Miami had the toughest go. They made it as a, they blew their division. They made it as a wild card and had to go to Kansas City and never had a chance. Fantastic stats are out there. There's also fun things happening around the Chiefs in Kansas City this week, a place called Donatology on Westport Road. I've been there a time or two. It's a funky little coffee donut shop that sells merch and such. The kind of thing that you would expect near Westport. They're selling a $58 t-shirt that says Donutology on it. And if you buy it and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you get a dozen free donuts every week the rest of the year. 58 bucks for the t-shirt. Okay? If the Chiefs win, you get a free dozen donuts every single week the rest of the year. They did this last year for $57 because it was Super Bowl 57, and they gave away free donuts every year. And I think what they found is people don't come every week. And so and they got a lot of publicity out of it, and they're getting this publicity for free. These are great promotions. These are fun things. One of my all-time favorite places in Kansas City, one of the greatest burgers you'll ever have in your life, is at the Westport Flea Market. It seems like Westport is in the spirit more than other places. They're offering up $3 burgers every single day until the Super Bowl, and these are big, bad burgers, man. And if they still do it the same way, they've got a burger bar where you can dress your own burger, put your own lettuce and tomato on there, pickles, onions, anything you like. They got all kinds of great stuff set up at the burger bar, peppers and different cheeses. Westport flea market burgers are to die for. They are $3 through the Super Bowl. I love it when a city gets in a mode where they're like, we love our team. We're going to do whatever. We're going to celebrate this. And we're going to have fun. Now, sometimes you can go too far and i think we may be going too far if you've seen what kansas city missouri is doing the council's about to vote to free up a million dollars a million dollars for the parade should the chiefs win the parade this year will be a 3.5 million dollar total and they've raised this by 33% because last year there was no money in it for the kansas city police department to cover the costs of overtime for all the officers that worked the parade so the already underfunded kansas city police department wound up biting the bullet last year on the chief's parade. They really were the only entity that got socked, like really meaningfully socked on the parade. Here's what's amazing about Kansas city. This, I mean, I can't believe this happens in other cities. When we're talking about this, this Fannie Willis and the grant that she got in her uh, office, she's the one prosecuting Trump in Atlanta in Fulton County. This grant, obviously, they stole money. They bought laptops. They took trips. They they misused, misappropriated the funds. This happens in every liberal city. This is not surprising to anyone. We see this money flood in. It comes from either taxpayers. It comes through charities. It gets funneling in in all kinds of ways, and it gets misused. It's almost become the norm in the United States in big cities that they're going to steal from you. The question I have about a three and a half million dollar budget for a parade that seems like a lot. To close off some streets, especially when you didn't pay the cops last year in your budget. What is all this money? $3.5 million. So a million of this is going to be from Kansas City. Jackson County kicks in some. There's going to be some coming out of different budgets, whatnot. But the council is going to vote to give up another million dollars toward the parade this year. And it'll be unanimous. They'll all vote yes. They're going to take it out of the city budget because, you know, Kansas City's doing so well. Three and a half million dollars. Who do you think comes up with that total? And where does that, where does that money go? How is this all executed? Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? And the director of this organization is a longtime colleague and friend of mine. I used to work with her at Channel Four. Her name is Kathy Nelson, and she's the executive director of the Kansas City Sports Commission and Foundation. The Ann Foundation part is important because the Kansas City Sports Mach- sports chair sports Commission is, in theory, a charity. So a charity is telling the city they want $3.5 million to dole this money out and put on a parade. I guess they're in charge of getting the, the antique fire trucks, the Shriners to come out, the different whatever. Are you kidding me? What are the kickbacks on this deal? A $3.5 million Chiefs Parade slush fund. And nobody questions this. There's no vote. Nobody says, okay, what about $3.5 million? No, Kathy Nelson and her people just say, we need $3.5 million to do a parade. Then what? Last time I checked, Kathy Nelson was flying first class to Cutter to go to the World Cup, flying around on private jets with the Chiefs, going to games, sitting in suites with the Chiefs, the owners, the mayor, politicians. This is disgusting. And Kathy's a great person. I'm not sitting here telling you she's grifting personally anything other than perks because I don't think she'd take a nickel. But would her office, would they perk this thing up? We heard the Fonnie Willis tapes. We know what that was about. Everybody got MacBook Pros. Everybody got to go on trips. Everybody got this. Everybody got that. Not saying she's lining her pockets with cash, but it's disgusting. This essentially is all taxpayer money. These teams professional sports, now parades. They take it from you. On Sunday, they're going to announce the World Cup matches in Kansas City. You realize it could only be four matches in Kansas City. for the There's 106 matches in the World Cup. We may only get four <laughs> for all this money that they've yet to say where they're getting the money. Folks, Sports and politics cannot be separated ever again, ever. We did it forever, and it made no sense. People just said, oh, we love our sports. But if you start following the money and see where it's going, the, the number one thing that you realize in these cities where professional sports happen, and 90% of them are liberal, there are very few, if any, like Miami has a, a conservative mayor now. There's just very few places where the people running the city aren't liberal where professional sports happen. What we're learning over and over and over is they're all just partying, living the life, and having a great time on our money, no matter what. And they consider themselves the clean people. The Kansas City Sports Commission is clean if it only takes gifts and travel and items and luxuries from all these people and not cash. They think that's clean. That's the way to do it. You can't fly coach to cutter? Nope, got to fly first class. Okay, (laughs) You're on the chief's charter hanging out in the owner's suite. Okay, that seems like a nice perk. What's that get you? It's all just so insane. And the fact that we continue to allow this in this country is astounding to me. And it is absolutely everywhere. Because I'm not talking to you here about Capitol Hill. We're talking about a chief's parade. Now, what are people getting out of that? Who's throwing what kind of lavish parties for the parade on the taxpayer's dime? KKHI is brought to you by bstock.net in Olathe. They've, you've got time to get a great giant television for the big game. And they've got the deals going right now. They're willing to deliver anywhere in the Kansas City metro area absolutely free between now and the Chiefs Niners game. Samsung TU 7,085-inch is just 8 dollars This is the deal of the year at Bstock. This thing's over $1,300 everywhere else. It's eight ninety nine. dollars They will deliver it. And it is a beauty. And you're going to love watching on a new 85-inch TV. Great stuff. They also have cool little items at bstock.net, like the Shark Ninja Woodfire Outdoor Grill, just 219 The Shark Ninja Cream Eye Ice Maker with seven one-touch programs, just 169 All these things are available online at bstock.net or visit them at 14680 South Flaming Road. Tickets for Less reminds you, if you want to go to the big game in Vegas, check out the team at ticketsforless.com. Here's what they offer, and nobody else does. First of all, they're 5% cheaper at least than everybody by mentioning the podcast. Just mention KKHI, it's 5% off. Even if you're just going to Vegas and not going to the game, but you want to see Luke Combs or one of the other concerts, get your tickets through ticketsforless.com. So many more people are going to go to Vegas that weekend than actually go to the game. If you're doing anything in Vegas, all Vegas tickets to any event, anywhere, at any casino, any concert, any event, ticketsforless.com. No fees added ever, and you will save at least 5% at checkout by using the promo code KKHI. If you want to go to the big game, they've told me to recommend to my listeners get a personal concierge, call the number at Tickets for Less, local person, and talk to them about Super Bowl tickets. 913-685-3322. They can help you gauge when is the best time to buy whether it's today, whether it's five or six days from now, they know the market fluctuations. They really want to help Chiefs fans get the best possible price. Or you can walk right into their offices at 130th and Metcalf at 7311 West 130th Street in Overland Park. It's ticketsforless.com. And we finish with our three great sponsors for the big game. Amini's Gallery at 105th and Metcalf. Yeah, you might need a new awesome leather theater chair for the game. Or some new bar stools. They've got them in stock. They can make your game big game day experience even better. Maybe you like to put in a dartboard or a pinball machine. They can get this all done by game day for you. You're throwing a Super Bowl party? liven it up with Aminis. They're the fun bunch. That's really what they are. They're the fun bunch. They're about the fun part of life at Aminis. 105th of Metcalf in Overland Park. Online at aminis.com. This is Aminis. Okay. Um... I got some emails and heard from some people that I've been a little tough on Jerome Tang at Kansas State. That's fine. They're like, wait a second. What about Dennis Gates at Missouri? Well, I thought we were past the discussion of Mizzou this year in basketball and Dennis Gates, and we had moved on to year three is going to make or break Dennis Gates. We don't yet know that about Jerome Tang. We know that about Dennis Gates. Year three is everything. Mizzou's a mess. They lost 91-84 to and it wasn't that close. This is at home to Arkansas, a crappy Arkansas team that isn't going to make the tournament unless they really rebound. They're 11 and 10, 2 and 6 overall. Missouri on the other hand is 0 and 9 in the SEC, 8 and 13 overall, circling the drain. They got a terrific player in Tamar Bates at 29 points on Wednesday night, but Arkansas shot 55% and I'm sorry, defense is effort and coaching. The athletes on every team in the SEC are good enough that any team can play defense. The coaches always like to say that rebounding is effort. I don't think that's always the case. Sometimes the other team is bigger than you. Mizzou's obviously got problems in the paint. Arkansas shoots 55% in the the game. They scored 56 points in the paint and had nine dunks on Missouri in this game. It was a 19-point lead at the half. The game was over. You cannot give up 56 in the paint and nine dunks. So, all right, personnel, you got have, to have dudes, you got to have players, you got to have guys. I get all that. But at some point in the SEC against these marginal teams Missouri's playing, not let's a couple this week that are non-tournament teams, at least at this point, non-tournament teams. A couple times, you ought to be able to go out and play defense and hold somebody to 63 and win a game 67-63. You ought to be able to do that. And it doesn't look like they're even trying giving up 91 in this game. I mean, they gave up more in the paint. If you're like, if you're Missouri and you've got real problems and you can't win, you should refocus everything on your defense. Make the other team play ugly, period. That's it. That's the job. If we have a rough night scoring and Missouri has a lot of rough night scoring, they scored a bunch last night, but they don't shoot that well. They shot better in this game is 45% or so, but if, you're, if that's one of the areas you're having trouble, anybody can play defense. Can he coach it is the question. While Missouri was winning big last year, we watched them score and score and score and score and outscore people. I'm beginning to wonder if Dennis Gates knows anything about defense. And even if he gets some horses in there and he's got the number one recruiting class or whatever, he's got all these players coming in. If he doesn't coach defense, this, this league, the SEC is good enough. It will just flat out expose him. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I I don't mean to ignore Missouri basketball on this podcast. We spent more time talking about Missouri football than any of the college teams this year. Rightfully so. They had a great year, and what's kind of how we do it. I don't. I don't think Mizzou fans are going to tune in the podcast to hear me bash on Dennis Gates all day. I don't. I don't think that's a thing. There might be some KU fans that revel in Missouri being zero and nine right now. I'm cool with that. Especially after they put that billboard up about KU football. I'm I'm okay with all that. But there's nothing to talk about for their season. Their season's over. Its season was over in January. That's hard to do. There's a few places like that. All you have to do is look at the major conferences, go to last place. You'll see teams that are 0-9, 1-8, 2-7 in these conferences. Their seasons are done. They're done. And that's, unfortunately, Missouri this year. I think there are much higher hopes for a lot better than that. We'll switch it up to news brought to you by Buck Roofing and Construction online at rbuckroofing.com. Ron Buck and his team would like to do a free roof inspection for you. Just call 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. And don't forget, Buck Roofing is now Buck Disposal as well. If all your disposal needs at your job site, make the switch to a local company. Give Ron and his team a call. Log on to BuckDisposal.com. They're going to save you money. They're going to save you time. And you're going to get the best customer service you've ever possibly could get from Buck Disposal at BuckDisposal.com. The Blue Mountain Hotel in Manhattan would love to host your group. Right now is the time of year they're booking all kinds of groups. Wedding groups, reunion groups, frat boys going back, games, uh, graduation, business meetings, whatever it may be. This is the time of year where people are planning things over the course of the year. Hey, we're going to have this retreat. We're going to have a 16 people meet for business. If you've got clients around Kansas, there's not much better place to meet than the corner of campus in Aggieville at the Blue Mountain Hotel. It's a spectacular hotel. It has everything you, your business, or your group need. They'll cater it to you, and they'd love to work with you. Maybe it's just a weekend to get out and go play Colbert Hills or get on Tuttle Creek Lake or something or go fishing. BluemontHotel.com for reservations. That's BluemontHotel.com. Don't forget, Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center is there as well. You can pour your own beers and seltzers right off the wall. It's a pretty cool deal at the Bluemont Hotel. And my guys, Mike and Tim at Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet, GMC, and Excelsior Springs. You know them as home of the lifetime warranty. If you're looking for your new Chevy or GMC right now, or if you're looking for a great pre-owned car, they got a bunch of them at the website, low prices, maximum trade-in. RobertsRobinson.com. Again, that's RobertsRobinson.com. Chevy, GMC. We are professional grade. On to the news, and even the president of Mexico understands that Joe Biden's a complete fraud. President López Obrador of Mexico says Biden is demagoguing, trying to get this deal passed in the House of Representatives and the Senate. It's a scam of a deal. Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, has said it's dead on arrival. Republicans won't pass it. But folks, if two people change their mind that are Republicans, it's going to pass. This is scary. Did you know this deal allows 5,000 illegals per day before they close the border? 35,000 a week is their number. No deal. No, no deal. <laughs> Mexico said, we'll take 30,000 a month. You send them back to us, we'll take 30,000 a month. That's a total joke. We had 300,000 apprehended in December. There had to be another couple hundred thousand that just got away, that got in and ran. Those num- the, By the way, the people getting in that we don't know about, looks like a bigger number than anything else. This is this is, we've, we've bastardized the term impeachment. This president has to go. Like another Democrat could win as long as they would close the border. You can live with just about anything but this. This is absolutely an invasion now. There is no deal to be made here. There are laws on the books. Barack Obama closed the border. It's section eight. Use it and enforce it. Trump closed the border. The president of the United States can do this. Even the president of Mexico said, and Biden is demagoguing, and he says it's all political to your theater, that he knows what it is. And by the way, he's on board with it. The Mexican president likes Biden. He's cool with all this. He wants all these people to come through and go to America. They're all on board with it. But even he's saying Biden's a fraud, and that as soon as the election is over, if Biden wins, he's going to ignore the new bill anyway and open the whole thing back up for four more years. This is scary as hell. Can you imagine four more years of this? This story has to go away. There, there, There's a lot of big, giant, important issues. The only one that really matters is that we get a different president that closes the border. And I don't know, I'll tell you what, I, I don't get that wound up on a lot of things to where I could just punch somebody or just really get mad. I'm wondering if this is all some giant plan to get some really conservative dude, hopefully for their part, a redneck, to go after Biden and try to kill him somewhere. I wonder if that's what this is. First of all, the Democrats wouldn't care if Biden got assassinated. He'd be out of the way. They could run somebody else. They, they don't care about life and death. They, don't, they just care about their own power. They wouldn't care if that happened. If there was an attempt on Biden's life and, and it didn't happen, It might propel him in the polls and make him more popular. I don't know. I I don't know what this is, but there have got, if I'm as angry about this as I am, I can't imagine what unhinged people are like. And we're seeing a lot of alpha males head to the border with guns and whatnot and say, we're going down there, we'll protect it ourselves. I don't know what's happening. And I don't know if this is the beginning of the breakup of the United States, of, of Texas seceding. I don't know what this is. I know that we're living in an historic time and this is not sustainable. We can't keep doing this. There's a lot of things we can't keep doing. Josh Hawley pointed a lot of them out on Capitol Hill on Wednesday. While grilling Mark Zuckerberg at a a hearing about social media harming children, Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta, which owns Facebook and Insta, took a beating from Josh Hawley. We played this as part of a patron podcast, and this is why you should become a patron. I played the whole thing. It was five minutes long. Josh Holly and all his splendor. I'm not going to play it here. I'm not even going to play you a clip. You'll have to go find it on your own now. But if you're a patron, you get that in your inbox yesterday about four o'clock. What happened yesterday? And it's really interesting, thoughtful. We're not going to rehash what he did on yesterday. But it was remarkable that Holly got Mark Zuckerberg to stand up, turn around, and apologize to dozens of family members who've lost children because of sexual predators and violence on Instagram mainly but social media, holy. And Zuckerberg got up and said he was sorry. Nobody should have to go through what his, these families went through, but he didn't say it was his fault. He didn't apologize for what he did. And so it was not enough for Josh Hawley, who absolutely humiliated Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill. He went on Sean Hannity on Wednesday night, and this is the money line about Mark Zuckerberg. He said they're not focused on sex predators after children they're focused on suppressing speech. They've got it exactly backwards. And, and Holly is exactly right. Now, the only way the left can come after Josh Holly on all this, because it was a perfect performance and it worked and people are seeing it. The only way to come after Holly is to say, oh, it's all political. He's just worried that Zuckerberg's a Democrat and pours money into this and that. But no, Holly went out and attacked it and said, They've got it exactly backwards. They are not focused on sexual predators harming children. They're focused on suppressing speech. They said at one point in 2008, when social media were starting, or 2010, there were 100,000 categorized and, and noticed incidents of sexual predators on social media targeting children. Last year in the United States, there were 32 million incidences of this where they saw it. And the question they're asking is, what are you going to do to stop it? You have all these algorithms, like the government can, can, uh, you know, do facial recognition. They have all these grids and things that they can catch anybody doing anything through a camera, through whatever. But you're telling me that meta can't stop these predators that they, they can't, they've got to pass a law. I am not a big regulation guy. We've got to regulate social media. It's no different than this. People kicked and screamed. I heard, I don't know who it was that said this. People kicked and screamed and said, nobody liked it when they made it the law to put us. The car manufacturers didn't like it when the government said you have to put seatbelts in the car. And Americans certainly didn't like it when they said you got to wear your seatbelt or you're getting a ticket. Most parents didn't like it when they had to start strapping their babies into car seats that are federally approved. But we have to do everything we can to protect children and the elderly in our society. The rest of us in the middle, we're a crap show. All right, live and let live. We're a crap show. We've got to take care of the young people and protect them. And we've got to take care of our old and vulnerable people. It's what any decent society would do. And the first thing Jessica said on this deal was, oh, these parents are crappy, shitty parents. It's, all, it's the parents' fault. Yeah, of course. Parents should do better at monitoring their kids' social media, keeping them up there. But parents can't do this. Parents have never been perfect. You know, we didn't have social media when I was a kid. My parents kept the windows up in the car and both smoked at the same time when I was four years old, just sitting there sucking at my lungs. That's not great parenting. Overall, my parents were great, but parents make mistakes all the time. As a society, we need to put things in to protect children, like wear seatbelts, small little things. You know, you go to school when you're five. There's just... got to protect your children. You absolutely have to. And now this is a whole new era. we got to protect these kids from themselves because this stuff is addictive. The point is, this is no different than drugs or alcohol. If you're on Instagram all day and you're 12 years old, you're just addicted to it. You're trying to become an adult. You're learning the world through Instagram or TikTok. You're learning about pornography, sexuality. You're seeing it all. There are millions of instances of children being exposed to pornography, nudity, all these different things on Insta, and at one point, they they said, Zuckerberg, your platform gives them the chance to delete it or open it. This says, this content is harmful. What would you like to do? Open it, and Zuckerberg's answer was, well, there's a pathway to understanding what's not good for you or something by seeing it, and they're like, no, 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 no. There's no good pathway for a nine-year-old on a phone to be watching porn. There's nothing good about that. There's nothing good about lopping the penis off a a 10-year-old and turning him into a girl. There's nothing good about this. We need protections for our children in this country. I am not a big government guy. We've got to do something here. The parents won't do it. The parents hand devices their kids to babysit them, for crying out loud. And Mark Zuckerberg, as your babysitter, is not a great idea. It was exposed yesterday, and this is really important. Oh, here's a uh, a cool story. The boardwalk at Bricktown in Oklahoma City. Have you seen this? You've been to Bricktown. they got the minor league park there, the College World Series, or the College Big 12 Tournament is there. Um, It's it's a really cool area of Oklahoma City. The boardwalk at Bricktown in this conservative state, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, conservative states are thriving, and they don't seem to have the city problems as the other states, now do they? Oklahoma City is thriving. They have announced the boardwalk at Bricktown A company wants to build 5 million square feet of property. Four giant skyscraper towers, including one tower that will be the tallest building in the United States at 1,907 feet, the largest skyscraper in America. It'll be the number five tallest building in the world, 1,907, represents 1907, the year Oklahoma became a state. Two Hyatt hotels, condominiums, restaurants, shops, a plaza, the whole thing in Oklahoma City. And this is mostly funded by private dollars. They're coming in to do this. It's like, this is boomtown. And this is when oil isn't winning, really. <laughs> We're, I mean, great for Oklahoma City. And that would be very cool for them to have the tallest building in America. That would be great. And maybe some people around the country would say, what the hell's going on in flower country where it's all red? Look at the good things that are happening where it's red. There ain't no place redder than Oklahoma now. There isn't, and they're winning. They're winning. They're dealing with illegals. I'm not exactly sure how, but they've got they're coming right up through Texas, so they got to deal with that as well. The illegals are everywhere. We saw an undercover video yesterday from a senator, a state senator in Georgia named Colton Moore, who was following a security guard in the Atlanta Hartsfield airport with a camera rolling. Looked like it was in his pocket. And he follows this guy, who goes to a bunch of secret meeting rooms in the Atlanta Hartsfield Airport and opens the door and gets some shots of what's going on inside. It is jam-packed with illegal aliens. Some group called Team Libertad. I don't know. I've never heard of that until today. Team Libertad, that's, I assume, Liberty. Their whole operation is to sponsor and operate and create apps and information to people in other countries on how to get to America as an illegal alien and assimilate. And help. they help them. Now, I don't know if they pick these people up at the airport. I don't know if they round them up in Atlanta and take them to the airport. And an investigation is now underway as to how the city of Atlanta or Fulton County or the Hartsfield-Jackson Airport are complicit in this by allowing these rooms where they're housing these illegal aliens. We know Boston has them. We've seen other airports that have them. Nobody in Atlanta said they were illegal aliens at the airport. And now they've found video of them in these special rooms housing them through some group called Team Libertad. This stuff is everywhere, man. America needs to turn red, period. Our final final is brought to you by Joslyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, online at jocelynsjewelry.com, the jewelry you'll recommend to your friends and family. Advantage Termite and Pest Control, online at advantagetpc.com, 913-768-8989 for Advantage Termite and Pest Control. And your promo code is KKHI at mypillow.com. That's KKHI at mypillow.com. Just go to mypillow.com to order anything you like there. And you'll save the maximum discount with the promo code KKHI. We finished today with just a little election news. Our final final is a poll. A Bloomberg poll is out. Trump leads in all seven swing states. And it may be getting better as we go. Trump is up five in Wisconsin, up three in Pennsylvania, up eight in Nevada, up eight in Georgia, up five in Michigan, up 10 in North Carolina, up three in Arizona, all seven. Seven for seven swing states, he's winning them all and he's winning them by pretty big margins outside the margin of error. That's awesome. Now, it's February 1st. I need it to be November 1st and see these numbers. The left, however, is freaking out now because Cornel West, the professor, Cornel West, he's a black man if you don't know him, has announced that he is starting the justice for all party. Cornel West has said he's running for president. I don't know how he's doing on getting on every ballot. You have to go get on, get these signatures and get in these states to be on the ballot. And it could be a long, complicated ballot for people. Nikki Haley's such a buffoon. She's not on the ballot in Nevada for the primary. And she just missed the deadline for Indiana's primary. Nikki Haley should quit. She needs to be out. This is dumb. Why is she still in this thing? She's not even on the ballot in Indiana for crying out loud. You're not on the ballot. How are you going to beat Trump in the primary? The whole thing's a ruse. It's an absolute joke. I digress. Cornell West is launching the Justice for All party. And there is a significant panic on the left that Cornel West could get 5 to 8% of the vote and that 90% of that vote would be black people voting for Cornel West. Yeah, they should be concerned because trumps it's not going to be blacks who've decided to vote for Trump. They're not voting for Cornel West. No, they're still going to go over Trump. This would be straight Biden voters leaving if Cornel West is on your ballot. And really, we're talking about swing states. We don't care about New York, California, Oklahoma. doesn't matter. But in the swing states, if he's on there, this is is 90-some percent Biden votes will swing to Cornel West. Of course, they're worried about RFK Jr. Democrats are gripping over that. I don't know what's going to happen with RFK Jr. He says he's going to be on the ballot in every state. Is he going to be independent? Is no labels going to merge with RFK Jr.? That seems like a fit to me, although Joe Manchin has said maybe he's going to run. Maybe it's a Manchin RFK ticket. Maybe it's an RFK Manchin ticket on no labels. Now we're talking about siphoning off votes from both parties, which gets a little more complicated, but you would think it would be more Biden people moving than Trump people. This is going to get wild, folks. It's going to get wild. We could have a no labels candidate, a Green Party candidate, and a justice for all candidate on there. With Biden and Trump, and God only knows where that thing heads in all these different states. Hey, if you'd like to sign up as a patron, go to kkhasissues.com. It's just $5.99 a month if you'd like to sign up. We have done three patron podcasts already this week. I think you'll like them. Once you sign up, you can hear all the patron podcasts. You can go back and play the entire library if you want, but you can get all three from this week and the newsletter, which is coming out either tonight or tomorrow morning. We're going to do a little early this week. Miss Jessica's leaving town. She helps me with the newsletter. She's leaving town for the weekend. I'm staying home alone as a bachelor. Taking care of little Cabo. Dog dad's going to have date night with his doggie. We'll do all that. Probably a casino run with my mom this weekend at some point because she won money on the Chiefs last week and she's got a ticket to cash. Yeah, baby. That's fun for her. That's always fun. Take her to lunch. Cash a ticket. Good stuff. I'll be fine. Don't worry about Jessica being on. But the point is the newsletter will be out early. The newsletters you don't get archived. You don't get all them sent to you when you sign up. You get them going forward. So if you sign up today, you'll get the newsletter. It's com. Click on Become a Patron, $5.99 a month for the premium podcasts and the newsletter each and every week at Kevin Keatsman As Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the thekklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.